Hotty toddy, Ole Miss fans, and welcome to the Brad and Chad Show on the OM Network. Brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans, made in the USA. This is the show by and for Ole Miss fans, where you'll get expert insight and analysis on Ole Miss athletics. And now, here are your hosts, former Rebels Chad Flowers and retired NFL star Bradley Sowell. It's podcast time. Brad and Chad show brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans on March 20th. Man, another big sports weekend. Dude, I'm going to bring you right in, Bradley. Um, I can't remember a more fun sports weekend than the one that you just had, right? You got World Baseball Classic, yep. men's and women's basketball tournament. You got NBA going on. For those of you that are into that, dude, it was a fun weekend. Yep. And none of that excited me more than the Knights winning gold this weekend, baby. We won our third. It's our third tournament of the year. I know, I know, I know. Third tournament of the year. We took gold. Our girls showed up. I'm telling you, our hitting this weekend, it was it was almost like we all showed up with blow torches because we <laughs> set that park on fire, dude. I mean, we had some kids that were – we had a kid, Jackson Academy's head coach's daughter, Whoever, who, if that kid actually plays for Jackson Academy, she will set every home run record ever invented by Jackson Academy. But we had some girls really do some crazy stuff. So yeah, I had a great weekend. I'm, I, I followed the sports best I could, but but that that was that was the, the the most special weekend for me. Well, that's awesome. Congrats to the Knights and congrats to Coach Sowell there on bringing home. <laughs> the so uh, so good job there. But I, you know the biggest story. I you know it, it was late last night for those of you on uh, you know Mississippi time. But look. Coach O as continues to get it done. Um, big win over number one seed Stanford last night in the NCAA tournament, advancing to the Sweet 16. Um, first time since I believe 2007. Stanford never led in the game, dude. Yeah. Their defense, it was ugly. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they're definitely a defensive team, but, you know, hey, I'll, I'll say it. She now, she, she now has more uh, big time wins for Ole Miss than Lane Kiffin does. So uh, you can put her up there, uh, 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 up on the uh, on the ranks, uh, higher than him. But, this woman, pay her. <laughs> yeah, hey, keep her, keep keep her here, right? Keep her here, Ad Keith Carter. We, you know, she is building something, and I know everybody's saying, "Well, it's women's basketball." Look, man, more eyes are getting on that sport now. Uh, it is being televised more. It continues to bring in a positive image to the university. Let's keep her here because she's getting the job done for a program that was left for dead just a few years ago. Yeah, I sent Coach Coach Yo a text, and I've I've watched you know anytime anytime Ole Miss is in any sport or in any kind of tournament, I watch. You know, I'm, I'm a big supporter of the school, and I am I am mind blown how great our D. I mean, that team plays so hard with and plays Lord. defense. Like, I mean, it is it is a vicious defense, and I think Stanford's coach who has a great. I mean, I think she's on the craziest stats records ever, like wins and all this. She said before the game she thought Ole Miss was going to be a tough matchup for them defensively. So um, we're great test for them. And it turned out, man, we, we almost blew it there. But we, um, you know, that was, that was freaking awesome to see. And, you know, I, I hope, hope a lot of other fans were tuned in as well, no matter what the sport is. Ole Miss is still our school, you know. So, yeah, so now they, like I mentioned, they're, they're going up to Seattle to, to begin the Sweet 16. They'll play either Louisville or Texas at the time that we're recording. That game is being played later tonight. So by the time you're listening to this, you'll know who their opponent's going to be. But look out for that game on Friday. I'm sure it's going to be on one of the ESPN family of networks. But that's going to be... Um, like I said, that's just another huge win for a program that desperately needed it just a few years ago. And, you know, I, I can't be more excited for a coach Joe and her team. Other than that, you know, I don't know if you got a chance, but 
dude, more upsets on the men's side. You know, you had yeah. two number one seeds lose, one in the first round, another in the second round. Um, convince me that it's not the best tournament in sports, period. Yeah, well, here's the, here's the thing. This will bring us to a whole other topic, honestly, is is the parity in sports now. And I think the reason why that that's, you look at baseball and basketball, it is the, the gap is just really closed on, on, on the difference between a, a very small school and a um, and a big school because the way these kids and I'm, I'm experiencing this now, you know, with my kids is the way these kids are trained now and the different resources that they have. I honestly think it's harder to, to decipher where when I was coming up, you can figure out who a D1 kid was easy. And he was just basically playing rec ball with all the rest of the kids. And, you know, you thought that kid's going to make it. Well, now, man, they're taking these kids so young and they're creating m- much better athletes that you just don't have room for at all the big schools and some of them get overlooked and now they go play in these tournaments and dude i mean i, I it's it's crazy how 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 much parity there is in, in in college basketball always been this way but it's getting even crazier now um and, and in baseball too yeah and i know people like to bitch and moan about the transfer portal but i do think that that aids parity as well right so yeah. if i don't have time to play if you're not going to play me then I need to go somewhere because I only get four years of eligibility, five or however if you want to start playing in some of those other rules. So if I have a chance to play somewhere else and I'm a top-end recruit, I'm going to do that because I want to play. Yes, I didn't win the job here. Bitch and moan at me for you know leaving because it got too hard, but I want to play ball. And if I can go somewhere where I can play ball – then I'm going to go do that. And that's going to make, you know, that's going to create some, like you mentioned, the parity that we're talking about here. That does allow some of these lesser teams, like your Fairleigh Dickinson, who uh, who beat number one seed. I've never even heard of that school. I'll be honest with you. Did, did you know what a Fairleigh Dickinson was before? Yeah, we- I, you know, I, I, was a, I was a weirdo in high school, so I memorized mascots for every team, so I did know that they were the Knights. I can probably name most mascots of these D1 schools, which is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed to even Where say that. Where is Fairleigh Dickinson located? Do you know? They're in New Jersey. I don't know the exact town, but they're gotcha. in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't even know. When I looked at that school and logo, I, I legitly had to like, okay, what the heck is Fairleigh Dickinson like? Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I think their, their mascot, uh, or at least in the past, it was a chess piece, right? The horse, the, the knight chess yeah. piece. That was their mascot for the longest time. But yeah, you got two schools from New Jersey in the Sweet 16 with Princeton knocking off two-seat Arizona and then SEC uh, team Missouri in the, uh, in the second round. Um, but yeah, you know, Alabama continued to look good. Arkansas beat number one seed Kansas, which they always seem to play. Um, they didn't play up to their potential in the regular season, yeah. but uh, they did had more care, talent. Did you care for the coach ripping his shirt off? Was that was that a look at my abs move, or was that just a, I'm really that freaking fired up? He seems like a really emotional guy, dude. He seems like your yeah. Bruce Pearl type, where he is just all in on the game, and I think that was just pure emotion. Now, I saw where last night when Fairleigh Dickinson lost to FAU, uh, the FA, uh, the Fairleigh Dickinson coach got mad because one of the, the Florida Atlantic players tried to do a 360 dunk at the end. He was pretty pissed off about that, and I can understand some of that, but if anybody's upset about, you know, Musselman taking off his shirt and celebrating, man, once again, dude, these guys are under so much pressure, especially in the SEC, where you have a couple, you know, one or two losing seasons. Hell, they're already, you know, they're already trying to get rid of Calipari at Kentucky after winning a national championship, albeit several years ago. Man, just let the guys express their emotion. I don't think he was trying to yeah. show anybody up. Just have fun. I always respect the guys that, that just don't give a shit and, and, and basically let it all hang out there and express yeah. their emotion because you're right, dude. Like like nobody else lives. All, all fans see or when players 
the, the, all they do is see the result. They don't see all the stress and all the stuff these guys go through. So sometimes, you know, you win a game or, or something happens, man, that shit just comes out in you. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I know there's, I, I only brought that up because I saw a debate of how, you know, how unprofessional it was and all this. I read this whole thread on it earlier and um, it was like, dude, sometimes man like when you prepare and you work your tail off and you actually get the re reward that you were going for i mean you can't nothing you can do sometimes it just comes out of you you know it just you were you were just that damn fired up and old, old coach musselman was was fired up there the one thing i'm so tired of hearing about in sports from fans is man just be classy i'm sorry i'm tired of people talking about being classy yeah. If you if you put all this work in to to go to what you said right when you've got coaches that are watching film, staying late, practicing, recruiting, all this type of stuff, all this work that I'm putting in, you're damn right I'm going to be excited if something that I put all this work into paid off. I'm sorry that I'm not just going to be like, okay, yeah, it was good. Do my golf clap and then go shake somebody's hands. Fuck that. Let's be excited about an accomplishment yeah. for once in our fucking life, right? Instead of yeah. having to say, oh, you know what? It was a good job. Sorry you yeah, lost. Yeah, this is great. You know, it was a great matchup versus a great team. Like, why don't you just say no? The team suck. We beat their ass. They ain't as good as us. Like, it is what it is. Like, it, it's, <laughs> it's. Everybody talks. Everybody complains about how athletes aren't real in these interviews, how they give these just generic interviews. But that's because everybody pushes back when they actually say something real. Everybody complains when somebody is talking shit about somebody else or celebrating too much. So, what do you want? Do you want real people or do you want robots that are in this giant corporation getting paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game, right? Which one do you want? Because you're talking out of both sides of your mouth when you're complaining like that. Yeah, man, the Arkansas coach, I'm sure it'll be a great pitcher he'll remember forever. I'm sure somebody's got a good shot of him standing there with his shirt off, you know, so. Dude, if I'm him, I've got that in my office, and when recruits come in, I'm showing you, man, this is the type of guy you're going to be playing for, right? Somebody with that type of emotion. Because I would imagine if you had coaches like that that were fiery, instead of like, a, I can't even think of an example, somebody that just acted like they were this just this stoic, stone face you never knew they were thinking, I would imagine that you would want to play for somebody that's kind of in the same – you know, mindset that you're in when you're playing these games, right? You see me, somebody that comes to a press conference and goes, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, like you're Bill Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, do you, do you want to play with somebody, play for somebody fiery, or do you want to play for someone that is, I don't know, just a, a robot? Yeah, no, I, I always enjoy the the super emotional coaches that, um, that are good dudes. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I think it's a... It just depends. It also depends on the vibe of your team too. Some some teams are. I mean, some teams are built for like they like that fiery thing, and some teams are yeah. just built. like it's. It all depends on your vibe. But yeah, that's. Um, I always prefer. I always prefer. Like it, it makes me feel better. Like I know. Um, you know, coaches that will talk shit in the media and then come back to the team and be like, "All right, this is what I just said. Y'all got my back or what?" And it's like, "Yeah, let's go." Like I, I like that. That's a good challenge for the week, right? Whereas like some coaches, you know, they they play everything safe, but you never know, like, talk a little shit to maybe maybe fire fire guys up. Now, I guess it can go, the, the you know, uh, too far in one way, right? Because yeah. you played for Orgeron, right? And yeah. I don't think anybody well, it, was ever it, it can go a bunch of plays. Like, like, in general, like like the cocky player, like, like think about it. Like, the one that comes to, to mind is always Cam Newton, right? Like, he went on for years, and he had – like, when you would play him in, in Carolina, like, his touchdown celebrations took so long, it was unbelievable. And then, like, all of a sudden, when he starts dropping off, it's like, man, that you're, you're, you're doing so great. You're dabbing. You're killing it. And see you. 
like now you're just you know you, you're now now you got all these excuses in the world why you're not this you know not this certain player but yeah you got to realize though the, the harder you talk it the harder you will fall at some, <laughs> at some point that's right so. yeah now I, I do agree with that like if you're going to talk shit then if somebody yeah. celebrates when they hit a home run off for you or strike you out you know if we're going to use the baseball analogy there then you've got to wear it right because you're the one that kind of started and that's kind of the way I always treated things now granted I didn't play on a on a high level or anything like that but I always let people kind of dictate how they're going to treat me right I'm not going to say anything until you start talking shit to me and I'm not going to say anything until I do something and then I'm going to lay it on 10 times harder than you ever laid it on me just because I'm going to piss you off even more obviously I don't have a, a, a big stage to you know hit a home run or score a touchdown or anything <laughs> like that so I don't really have a good example you of walking around North Pontotoc as soon as somebody said yeah. like all right this <laughs> or my fantasy baseball league that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah, I can talk shit about that after somebody does it to me. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, once again, you know, the, the NCAA tournament is just so much fun. There were good games. Uh, props to my employer for not knowing that I watch games all day on Thursday and Friday last week, um, even though I guarantee they're not listening to this anyway, so who cares? But yeah, man, I just sat there and I watched game after game after game, watched my bracket turn into, uh, you know, ashes towards the end there but man it was fun to watch you didn't have fairly dickens winning no i did not have fairly dickens and winning i did have uh, my fan my final four is still intact i had alabama ucla kansas state and uh, one other team that i can't think of. i don't think is it even possible to have a per- perfect bracket without an al- algorithm I-, I would think there was no one out it's, there with a perfect i don't even bracket. think with an algorithm right i think the odds are like one and something something quintillion of having a perfect bracket, right? I mean, it is, it's damn near, you have a better chance of winning the lottery like 10 times than you do to have a perfect bracket just due to the number of combinations of uh, of games that can happen. So yeah, nobody's get, in, my, in our lifetime, nobody's ever gonna have a perfect bracket. Yeah, so Patrick, our producer just said one in 9.2 quintillion. Those, those are the odds in getting a perfect bracket, bracket. So you've got a better chance of, like I mentioned, winning the lottery multiple times before you even sniff a perfect bracket. It's damn near impossible. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's always fun to fill one out. It's fun to watch and get angry about uh, teenagers when they're not doing what you want them to do to uh, to help you get a bracket in an imaginary contest that you're really not even competing for anything for. But yeah, it was fun, man. It was a hell of a weekend. I uh, got to watch the World Baseball Classic, which we'll talk about a little bit more in a second. But you know, one fun thing that well, not so fun thing from this past weekend was SEC baseball. Uh, the Ole Miss Rebels went up to Nashville, and man, uh, the thing that we said last week couldn't happen happened. Our bats went silent, and yeah. if our bats go silent, we're not winning many games. Well, I feel like Patrick should almost cue that clip that um, that I said this past week. What my biggest fear was. I mean, it, it almost was like it was almost like I was waiting on the nightmare, and it happened. So, yeah. my thought was, hey, you know, can we pitch in the SEC? The question is no right now, not versus top-tier teams. And could our bats hit top-tier pitching the way they had been hitting the Big Ten pitching and all these others? And the question was no. A resounding no. Exactly what I was kind of waiting to happen ended up happening. Now, hopefully it was just a bad weekend, but – I, there was a reason I didn't. I tried to get too overly excited. Like, I think we have a good ball team. We have a team that can, you know, we can definitely score runs and all that. But until our pitching can kind of at least meet us in the middle somewhere, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a rough year. Yeah. Uh, you know, props to Vanderbilt, right? They had good pitching yeah. and they showed yeah. why they're a top 10 team, right? They shoved it down our throat. Um, I was, I, I will say, Sonia pitched. He pitched better than he had been on Saturday. Yeah. Still didn't help because the bats weren't there. Uh, 
we really, really, really need Hunter Elliott back because Jack Doherty is made for the bullpen, right? He's yeah. not a starter, and that's showing. Rivas pitched okay yesterday, um, but once again, if the bats don't hit, you know, you you you, you can't expect to pitch shutouts every week, and that's not going to happen. Hell, we lost a midweek game to Jacksonville State too, so all in all, a bad week for the Rebels. Um, I was disappointed that the freshmen didn't get more at-bats, you know, um, I was a little surprised at Reagan Burford being DH. He didn't hit last year. He hasn't hit this year. And yeah, you pinch hit, brought Furnace in later on. Um, get the young guys at bats, right? Give them experience. Make them face tough pitching, right? Um, if your guy's not going to get it done that you are bringing in because you're facing lefties, put the lefty in there. They're going to have to hit lefty pitching at some point if they want to be a consistent starter in the SEC. Yeah, they're freshmen. Yeah, they can be demoralized, but maybe they can learn from it. Um, it, it probably wouldn't have helped, I mean, if we're being yeah. honest, considering how the rest of the lineup hit. But, man, um, I was really disappointed to uh, to not at least get one. Now they've got Florida coming yeah, in town. Say, yeah, so what do you get the next week? You got Florida coming, baby. So you got 18-4 or something like that. Florida coming in town with a hell of a lineup. Um, and, yeah, it just doesn't get any easier for us, right? And that's why – I mean, I, I was hyped now. I was very excited about this season. But in the back of my mind, like I said last week, I had that feeling that we were a little bit we – were, we, were, we were 7-0 in football. Is exactly the feeling I had. Yep. Now you were seven and zero. Here we go. It's on and you know, want, want, want. Eight and five later, you know. So that's kind of how this baseball season in, in my mind could potentially goes. But we'll see. I mean, hey, it's a long way, you know. What if we come out and sweep Florida? And we're, we're saying something totally different, you know. And, and it may or may not happen, but um, you know, I, I mean, I, you mess around and get swept or something like this weekend and start zero and six. You can, you're not coming out of that hole. That'd be it's gonna be a tough battle from there. Yeah, because it's not going to get any easier. Hell, one of the the easier SEC series that we thought we had was going to be Missouri this year. They swept Tennessee this past weekend. Tennessee was number two in the nation, right? So there are no easy weekends. The number two the and number three got swept this weekend, huh? That's yeah. Crazy. Well, and then you had you know miss you know talk you want to talk about another team that got swept. I'm really wondering what's going to happen in Starkville. Right, so State got swept by Kentucky. Kentucky was considered one of the lower teams in the SEC this year, and they got dominated. I mean, they got they lost by I think they lost by double digits two of those games. Um, I'm wondering if Lamonis is going to get fired, um, and that's crazy to say after winning a national championship just a couple of seasons ago. Mm. But the natives are mighty restless considering um, how poorly they were last year. And this season has not gone well either. And they're no. looking at – they've got Vanderbilt this weekend in Starkville. So talk about having to uh, to figure things out real quick. Now you've got to face uh, Vanderbilt, who's coming off obviously a sweep of Ole Miss. I don't see a lot of hope for them either because they've got a, just as tough of a schedule, if not tougher, than we do in the SEC. Um, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens, and everybody looks to be just trying to play catch up with LSU. They're they look to be just on another level right now. Obviously, oh that can change, God. but Jesus. man, I think that they have a that's all a video of a pitcher. I don't know his name, but he's done like 100 miles an hour or something. Um, mm -hmm. I think they have a guy that's just. I mean, they're yeah, they're they're loaded. They're loaded to the gills. But I don't really, you know, they haven't been. To, I heard they haven't been to Omaha since like 2000. And it's been a few years. Yeah, they've they you know they um they've been they haven't been who they normally are the past few seasons. For sure. Yeah, um, but they took two of three from Texas A&M in College Station this past weekend, which, you know, that was another top 10 team. 
they look to be the team to beat, and it's not really that close right now. Maybe South Carolina, but um, but yeah, LSU is living up to that number one billing, which they currently have. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, like I mentioned, Florida comes to town this weekend. They just took two or three from Alabama. Hopefully they get things going. Uh, pitching, yeah, just keep us in the game, but hitting's got to figure things out. And that's kind of what happened last year, right? The the bats would just kind of go silent for a little while, and you never knew they were going to snap out of it. Obviously, things got hot toward the end, but um, I'm really, really worried to see how this weekend goes because I'm I'm very nervous, as best, I guess is the one thing I'm trying to say. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, I think that um, I think it'd be nice to have a good bounce back, man. You gotta you gotta come out of this. Um, you know, it's hard to ask for a sweep, but you got. I think you got you got to try to get this series. You really got you really got to at least at least get two or three this weekend just to have a. I mean, that, that even puts that still puts you at two and four in the SEC. You know, so you don't you don't want to get man. You get you get swept and start zero and six or something crazy. That that'd be a rough rough go at it. But hey, you know the weather will be a little better. It'll be a little hotter. I know it's cold up Nashville, which no excuse there, but. Maybe your arms will come out, you know, come out at home and, um, you know, maybe we'll get a better showing. I don't know. I was trying to ignore it this weekend. I was trying not to, to pay too much. Once we lost that first one and the second one, I'm like, all right, I'm not even paying attention to the third one. I can't, um, can't, this, can't even. This can't. Is a t- if Jacob Gonzalez is going to be this top pick that everybody says he's going to be, this needs to be his weekend, right? Show us that you can put the team on your back and carry, right? You know, Calvin Harris had a good Friday night, went four for, or Thursday night, and went four for four. Uh, this needs to be a Jacob Gonzalez weekend. You know, Kemp Alderman needs to show up as well. Um, we've got to have some guys that are con- 
going to contribute because we've shown that you can't rely on freshman pitching, relievers that are converted into starters and transfers from D2 schools to carry you throughout an SEC weekend. That just happened. We have to have our studs show up or else it's just going to be a long season. That's all there is at Swayze. Yeah, I thought we were in, we were uh, an, an okay and average um, rotation with, with Hunter Elliott in it. Mm-hmm. Without him in it, I mean, I think we're well below SEC average. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's not even close. So, I mean, even with him. Um, the bullpen's yeah. even worse. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal, um, but we'll see what happens, and we'll talk about uh, hopefully a, uh, a series win against the Gators next week. Uh, Brad and Chad Show brought to you also by Nest and Wild Mattresses. They are created by Southern Craftsmen, powered by decades of experience and passion for improving your quality of sleep. They are always backed by a 90-night guarantee. Uh, you can find them on Amazon or nestandwild.com. Sticking with baseball, uh, I did find something. You know, we talked a little bit about the World Baseball Classic. Did you get a chance to watch any of those games this weekend? I uh, watched some highlights. I watched Lance Lynn throw a little bit. Um, yeah, I've, I've been, been trying to keep up with, with the highlights of it. Not not a ton of it, but yeah, it's some of the storylines are real interesting. Yeah, you know, you had um, you had the uh, the U.S. beat Cuba last night, uh, and they are now in the uh, in the championship. Uh, they'll play on Tuesday. They'll play the winner of either uh, Mexico or Japan. I'm really hoping to see Japan win tonight because it would be really cool to see Shohei uh, against the U.S. because he's my favorite player in the majors. He's just he's incredible. But uh, I think the biggest talking point that's been kind of circulating around the World Baseball Classic is the injuries that you're seeing, right? So yesterday, uh, or not yesterday, but this past weekend, you had Jose Altuve get hit by a pitch during the game against U.S. He's out for 48 weeks. He broke his, he fractured his hand. Uh, Before that, Edwin Diaz, this past Wednesday, he uh, tore his patellar tendon uh, celebrating on a win against the Dominican Republic that advanced them to the uh, to the quarterfinals. Um, the big question mark that everybody has is why should these guys be playing in the World Baseball Classic when there's a risk of injuries? And I wanted to get kind of your thoughts. Obviously, this is not very. There's not. It's not comparable to the NFL, right? Okay. In, in terms of a, a kind of a, a tournament like you're seeing like this, but. What are your thoughts on you know teams that are playing for their country and potentially getting hurt and their employers left there like man I'm paying you to play for me and now you can't because you're injured? I don't honestly I don't mind it, dude. I, I, if I were a player, I'd want to play in the World Baseball Classic. Um, you know, it's an experience. I think these guys are also rich and they make they make these crazy guaranteed contracts. It's not about the money to them anymore. I mean, you th- think about it. these baseball players. Some of these guys making two, three hundred million bucks, like. It's just a number at that point. Now they want to go out and, and, and have an experience, something that gets their blood going, right? Yeah. So something like that to go play in the World Baseball Classic, I think mean that probably means a lot more to them. Now it sucks for the teams, right? Yeah. But, but here's the, at the end of the day, you're giving out these crazy guaranteed contracts. It's on you, you know, unless you put some kind of clause in there saying they can't do it, which, you know, probably does not go over well. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, what's stopping them? That, that, I mean, it sucks. You can get hurt. Here's the thing, dude. Like, you can wake up and go drive to the grocery store and die. Like, let's just be real. Let's, 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 <laughs> yeah. let's just be extremely morbid right here. Yeah, like, okay, so you can get hurt, you know, in spring training as well. Then you can be running for a fly ball and, and tearing you. Like, you can't live like that. It's going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. It sucks for the team, obviously. But, like, no, in no way would I pass up an experience like that to be it. I mean, it's, it's like, like the, you know, it's, it would be like a world cup or be like something else, you know, like mm-hmm. just something you want to say you did. So it's a, it's a boxer trying to check. And if you get injured doing it, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's the cost of doing business and 
I just, I just think they make so much money. They don't care. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? Like you already give me all this guaranteed money. Now I just want to go get an experience. I need something to get my blood going playing, playing the you know, San Francisco giants on a, on a Tuesday night at 6 PM while I'm 30 and 30, isn't going to do anything, but it's just, I'm just checking a box at that point. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I would be, I'd want to play. I don't understand. I don't understand the complaints, right? Because the injuries that have occurred, you know, the broken hand from Altuve, for example, that could have that could, the same thing could have happened in a spring training game against a minor leaguer that's trying to make a roster that didn't know where the hell the fastball he's about to throw is going. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you talk about Edwin Diaz; he cares more about Puerto Rico than he does the New York Mets or any other team that he's that he's getting a paycheck from. Yep. Right. So, being able to say that we beat the Dominican Republic, which is a rival. In a game that matters to me, I'll do that 100 times out of 100, even if I'm risking injury, right? They're not playing for an employer, you know, because at the end of the day, right, the Chicago Bears were your employer. They paid you, right? You know, obviously, it's not the same as me. As to, I mean, but in a way, it is, right? They're just signing my paycheck. I'm a hired gun. The next team can come along and sign me, too. They're the, they're not, I'm not loyal to them other than they, they paid me to play a game, right? I signed a contract. Another team can do the same. But my country is saying, hey, come play for us, represent us, and play other countries. Let's show we are the best country at baseball. I think there's something more powerful to that, dude. I I know I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, but I just feel like it means more to these guys. They're having the time of their life than having to play a spring training game against a bunch of, you know, single A and double A players. It means more to them. So let them do it. It gets their juices flowing. They're actually seeing more competitive, competitive at bats. Yep. No, I agree, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I definitely, you know, I, I can see it from the business side as well. You know, if you look at the owners, you know, like, hey, you know, I wish it would happen under my watch, whatever, under my supervision. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, it could, it could, it doesn't make a difference. If they get hurt, they get hurt, you know, yeah, so. You put them in bubble wrap. Like you said, they can get hurt, you know, hell, you can get, you can get, you can fall down the stairs and have to miss a couple of weeks. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've, I've seen it happen. I, I watched, I wish Bob, we'll get Bobby Massey on the show, but he actually slipped and fell on concrete and was out. He was on his way to, he was carrying his, his damn styrofoam plate of breakfast <laughs> on, his, on, on the way to the bus, playing the last regular season game of the year, slipped on ice and hit his head and got a concussion. Now that's just crazy, but yeah, that's just, it, it's one of those things, man. It, it can happen now on the flip side of that, the ones who make it out unhurt, they're getting some great, great game experience and they're going to be, they should be a lot ready to go a lot more ready to go than some of the guys who, who aren't playing. So, um, yeah, it, it sucks, but that's, that's the game. You know, it's, um, yeah, I would represent my country, you know, if I could as well, it's just an experience you can't pass up. Right. And um, so, yeah, so I'm be interested to see who uh, the U.S. plays on Tuesday. I really hope that they're, like as I mentioned, I hope they're playing Japan because I think it would be really fun to watch Shohei. Uh, I don't know if he'd be able to pitch or not, but I think that'd be fun to watch. Uh, you know, the other thing that's going on, we'll kind of go back to Ole Miss for a second, but uh, spring football starts, I believe it starts tomorrow, so uh, or Tuesday, I should say. Uh, spring practice is up and running. Um I think the biggest thing that we're watching, right, is going to be the quarterback battle, right? Spencer Sanders, is he going to be able to throw? What does he look like? Who's going to be the number two guy, the number three guy? What does that QB battle look like? Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the, the way it's been explained to me, I think that um, I think Howard Howard's going to be the number two to start yep. with Sanders at number three. Um, you know, I, I'm still I'm still listening. Jackson Dart's the guy. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely intrigued by Howard, though, just based off of what oh, I've yeah. seen, you know, on film or just you know in person. Any, any little any little thing I've heard or, or been told about him, 
you know, apparently he's a lot, you know, very similar type of thrower to Crowell, um, you know, kind of same body mannerisms as well. So I'm just, man, I'm excited about that kid. I really, am, I, that, that's the one when I go to practice, which I will soon, I'm going to go to practice. I, I want to see him and kind of see what I think about him. Um, but him and Dart should be, um, you know, I don't understand the Sanders thing. I don't, the coaches may tell me something different. I have no clue. I don't understand that. You got, you have a, you know, two really young guys and Dart and Howard that could be balling out. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they, they're going to redshirt a guy. Do so. I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do there, but I think that, um, you know, I think it should be between, between those two guys with the other one backing up just for, just from a straight experience standpoint. Right. So um, I don't know what they're going to do with Sanders. Is, is spring football fun for the players? It just seems like, man, I'm not playing any games. Yeah. We have a scrimmage at the end. I don't give a shit about that. It just feels like, man, we got to go back out and practice in the yeah. spring. Well, from, from a player standpoint, it depends on what, what player you are, right? I guess that's fair. So spring for Michael Orr was not ever fun in my mind when he got when he got older, right? Because he's an All-American tackle. You know, he's trying to stay healthy, going to the draft. He's a very established player. Where for like spring for somebody like myself or somebody that was um, coming up as a freshman and trying to prove themselves, it was a hell of a lot of fun because it was like, all right, I get to try to go out there and try to make a name for myself or try to at least get into the rotation some kind of way. That's, you know, spring, that's just two, two totally different mindsets, right? And then when I got older, you know, it was never, you know, as fun because I knew, hey, I'm the starter. Um, you know, I, I'm just trying to get out and not get hurt because I want to get to the season where I can play. Whereas when you're young, you're like, man, I've got to find a way to go on this damn field. I'm sick of standing here. So it's it's two different mindsets going on, you know, in, in camp. And then there's also, you know, there, there, obviously when you're older, you want to get better as well. Because, you know, if, if you have a chance to get drafted, you're working for certain stuff, but you kind of get that injury fear. Um, when you get older, which is like, man, I don't want to miss my senior year, or get tear my ACL in, in spring or something, you know. So it's a it's a weird it's a weird weird dynamic. Are there are the practices like just the physicalness of practice or just how practices are set up? Are they much different from a a standard practice? Maybe uh, maybe not in preparation for an opponent, but you know the start of fall practices, right? Are they yeah. kind of the similar in how they're done, or are they? Yeah, it's very, kind of it's very general, very basic, very fundamental driven you know it's a um you know you go out there and it's you're not planning for a team so there's no pacific you know periods you have to do so everything's just very generic hey i'm trying to run you know my base offense versus their base defense and i'm you know we're just basically getting after it and, and, and more 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 of a technical more of a lot of reps whereas when you're game planning there's so many different periods of like okay when they do this when they do that right. this likes to do that whereas like no we're just lining up playing ball like i just want to see who can actually play football you know on this team and then you know we'll teach them you know, the game plan when we go we need to see who can play some base football we need to see who can tackle we need to see who can catch the ball we need to see who can get open like there's all these different different questions that the coach needs to answer before he can put you in a situation of hey you're, you're my starting wide receiver i think i can teach you this game plan and all that so um yeah it's a lot of fundamentals in spring I think the, the the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to uh, with the Grove Bowl, you know, uh, which is obviously the culmination of spring practice, is I'm going to be interested to see what the defense looks like, right? Obviously, with the new defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, coming over from Alabama, it's going to be really interesting to see the kind of looks where we have certain players playing on, uh, you know, uh, position-wise. And obviously, you're it's going to be exciting to see some of the transfers, right? Obviously, now you're dealing with way more transfers than you ever had in this day and age of college athletics. But it's going to be really fun to see what this defense can potentially be uh, once, you know, once fall gets here and we start actually preparing for opponents. Um, that's kind of the unknown. We kind of have an understanding of what the offense is going to look like, albeit there's going to be some different pieces. But defense is going to be a complete unknown. We've got a new guy, new scheme, new uh, players to play no. with. 
I really want to see what he's going to be able to do. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk in. When I walk into the stadium, I'll walk in. As soon as I see our defense line up, if I see just three down with actually no overhangs or nothing, I'm going to turn my ass around and walk out. I'm just going to be like, all right, I'm not – I can't – I cannot <laughs> – I cannot keep watching prevent defense. It's not even football. Like it's not. It's not even football. Can we just have enough guys on the line to at least fill the gaps? Maybe just like you know, basic, basic football. I don't understand. So we'll see. I, I think Pete will be fine. I think he's going to run a three, um, a three four, a traditional one, with where you have a nose, you know, two four eyes and, and two stand up ends that can rush, which which I love that that. And now that's probably my favorite defense because the Ravens used to do it with um, with all the players they had. If you get two solid linebackers that can rush and cover. I mean, you got you got a really good defense or, or a good scheme in my mind, and you can run a lot of exotic blitz and get one-on-ones up front between the O-line and, and your rusher. So I, I think he's going to run a, a pretty similar deal to Alabama. Do you, are, is there anything that you're specifically looking for on the offensive line uh, in preparation for the upcoming season? Yeah, I want to see how all those – I know we had some freshmen come in last year that, that were decent, decent little players. Um, kind of see how they developed. And then on top of that, you know, I want to see this this, this new kid, um, Sanders, that, that we got from from Tennessee. Apparently he looks really good. Um, but I think, I think you know, the O-line should be pretty set. I mean, you got four returning starter, starters, um, you know, and we'll just, we'll just kind of see how it goes. I, I got to see everybody, kind of see where, where, where I think we're going to be and, um, you know, who I think is going to take over, over Broker's role. Yeah, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely fill everybody in once we you know once spring practice begins. As news comes in, we'll obviously make sure and fill you in with everything that's going on there. Oh, you know, I, I see some breaking news. You know, uh, luckily Roger Goodell apparently has received a, a multi-year contract extension, so the Goodell family is still going to have a roof to live under, plenty of food on the table. So happy for him that he was able to get it done. Um, the mouthpiece of the NFL owners is continue to have a job, so. Best of luck to him and all his endeavors, right? Yeah. So here's here's my thing on Roger Goodell. So I was I was I would say stuff like you're saying right now until <laughs> there was a day I actually played golf with Roger Goodell. I played uh-huh. three days of golf with him in a group, and he was the coolest dude I'd ever hung out with. Was he really? He was the coolest. I could not believe when, when we were hanging out with him. I could not believe all the shit he took. I'm like, dude, he's just a regular dude. Like, I guess, I guess, he, I guess when you make you know forty, fifty million dollars a year, whatever he makes, you're gonna take a lot of shit. And oh, yeah. but that's his job, right? But Chad, if they told you right now, if they said, hey, I'll pay you forty million dollars a year to go defend all these owners and be their little puppet, would you do it? Bradley, my parents listen to this, so I'm not gonna get into details, but. There's, there's, I can't think of anything that you could say that I would not do for forty or fifty million dollars a year. Hell, with, hell, with your own plane, okay, and memberships. You, you the course, you could yeah. say one million dollars a year, and I'm gonna have a lot of moral dilemmas that are coming up in my head about, <laughs> you know, what I may consider doing that. I may consider doing this. Yeah, forty, I, you know, 40 or fifty though. Like that's what this yeah, dude makes. So okay, he, he's doing his job. So obviously people don't like him, and he has to. He has to. He's on the owner side. I mean, I, that's what. I, but sure, I would, he's the mouthpiece of the owners, right? But I will tell you this from just a pure guy standpoint, he was cool as hell. And like yeah. when I left, when I left that three days, I was like, man, Roger's just like, he's just one of those. He's almost like when I met Tyrone Matthew, right? Tyrone Matthew, uh-huh. I, thought, I thought was this crazy guy that did all these, you know, basically he was, he just smoked weed before smoking weed was cool. And every, every player smokes weed, whatever. Um, and when I met him, he was like the coolest, best teammate ever. I'm like, dude, I thought this dude was like some crazy kid. But when you went out of the tunnel with Tyron Matthew, dude, you were so excited to be on his team. Like, because he was the best teammate, like the most encouraging guy. Like, he, I mean, I was shocked. But it's the same thing when I met Goodell. There's, that's a lot of people like that out there. My point is, is you, know, you meet these guys that the media has just turned into these certain characters and have just bashed them. And then you meet them, and they're like, dude, 
he's just a regular dude. Like Roger Goodell's like somebody's uncle that's just having a cigar. He's just the coolest dude. I was like, man, this is this is crazy. So um, don't always believe what you read and see. I mean, he's just doing his damn job. And $40 million a year, quite frankly, I would do anything the owners ask me as well. Sure. Yeah, I think the biggest critique about him is who he represents, right? I mean, it's hard to get in, you know, it's not like, man, these owners or these billionaires are really cool guys. Um, so, I mean, I do get it. I mean, I'm sure he is a, a pretty chill guy when it comes down to it. It's just who he represents that makes him look like the supervillain that, you know, he really yeah. is according to you. So, um, but yeah, so congrats to him, I guess, for uh, continuing to rake in all kinds of cash to take. He's going to be a billionaire, I guess, right? At some point, I mean, you would think at this pace, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, I, I talk shit about him, but I would do, I would do, more than what he does for a fraction of what he's getting paid. So yeah, I and you know, you, you have to part, partner with a guy or whatever from Barstool, Barstool Sports that doesn't like Roger Goodell. I just don't know that he's actually ever seriously. I, mean, I, I don't understand that take, um, which I, I think Dave's awesome. He's a, he obviously does some really cool shit, but like I don't understand. Like he is, I almost feel like he does that as a show. I don't, I don't feel like he really. Well, he's a big that. Patriots fan, right? And so I think the the Deflate Gate stuff really pissed him off. Um, because like I said, he's a big Boston guy. That's restarted. So the Flake Gate got really, uh, really pissed him oh, off, and they have basically effectively uh, enforced a ban where no Barstool employees can uh, attend any of the media events surrounding like the Super Bowl and stuff. They get escorted out. They're not allowed in. So I don't know if there is a grudge there between uh, Goodell and uh, and Barstool, but I think part of it stems from the perceived unfairness that the league has taken to the Patriots who, you know, just until the last couple of years had won X number of Super Bowls and so on and so forth. So I think that's where some of it stems from. Yeah, it probably didn't help about the ban on Barstool either. I mean, that's, that's a mess. No, that's uh, that affecting his, his underline. So, yeah, it probably goes, probably goes a little deeper than you and I could actually uncover on, on this show. So. For sure. Uh, but yeah, so uh, one last thing I want to make sure to mention our, uh, another one of our sponsors, Brad and Chad Show, brought to you by Jeff Griffin with the Stevenson Griffin Group at Baird Private Wealth Management. If you want to reach out, you can go to their group's website at stevensongriffingroup.bairdwealth.com or you can give them a call at 662-841-1900. Before we leave you, Bradley, uh, tournament again this weekend, 35-40 games scheduled. Nope, not not this weekend, man. We're taking one weekend off, then we go up to South Haven to um, try to try to defend this gold here again. So, um, yeah, we're off to a good start, man. We're we're ten and four. Um, you know, we, we're pretty good little record with uh, we got a third place finish and a first place finish. You know, by the third tournament, so we're good to go. We're feeling good. I think I think we're about to go on a little roll here. Are they already talking contract extension for you to be <laughs> with the Knights? Oh man, I wish, man. They're they're breaking me. This team's breaking me. So uh you know, all this travel, hotels, and we're we're only this is only our fourth tournament. We got thirteen of these things, so it's gonna be a um it's gonna be a season, man. We're gonna we're gonna play a seventy game season or something crazy in softball and ten year old softball. It's gonna be fun. That's more than what the Ole Miss baseball team is gonna play. Yeah. You know, no, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to realize that. I uh, know, I know. And you play, and when you're good, you play like five or six games in a day. So if you notice today, I had like this softball hangover, like this, man, it's, it takes you a while. Cause I mean, our, our final game, we end, it ended at midnight. And our, and our first game was at 8 a.m. Insanity. It, it, Insanity. It, it, it is. It is the it is the all day extravaganza. Any 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 travel parent out there that know they know exactly what I'm talking about. They know exactly what I'm talking about. It's it is a. I mean, it takes you two days to get over these tournaments. And you and y'all are also doing this in the middle of y'all are going to do this in the middle of summer too. So I can't imagine on a July weekend. Yeah. And it's just sweltering, and you're there from eight a.m. to midnight. Nah, man. 
Sorry, dude. Go. Yeah, we're we're, we're gonna go bear bear Bryant style. No water. Oh yeah, just. I think my dad. I think my when my dad was in high school, they gave you a cup of ice. So here's a cup of ice to suck on. You ever you ever watched Theo Vaughn? He this dude's a trip, man. It reminds me of of his story about the water hose. How good that first shot of that water hose takes when you. Anybody who's raised in the country knows they got that water hose out there. You're playing yard football. When you hit that first shot, that water hose. Dude, it's, it's like how, how it's like you see in the movie when you got the guy that's been roaming in the desert and he sees the oasis and he's like, "Oh my god, this." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That first drink from the water hose is one of the best thing you ever tasted in your life. Yeah. So. <laughs> no doubt, dude. Ah, uh, shit. Okay. Well, uh, so yeah, so that's the Brad and Chad show. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get the Brad and Chad show. Uh, make sure you interact with us. Uh, if you want to hear something from us specifically, make sure you leave a comment, tweet at us, Instagram, TikTok, however you digest the Brad and Chad show content. We'd love to hear from you. Bradley, until then, hotty toddy, man. See you, Chad. Hotty toddy. Thanks for listening to the Brad and Chad show. Follow the boys on social media for more content. And don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been an OM Network production brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans. Made in the USA. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.